Welcome back, everyone, to the session. What a great afternoon it's been, full of plenty of sessions. And we finally arrived now for our last, but definitely not least, session of the event. And for this session, we'll continue on with the final panel discussion of the day. This panel will be on cloud data architecture, what you need to know in 2022 and beyond. And it will be moderated by Mr. Atira Janyaharn, who is the director of data for Boko Warong. So just a brief on Atirat. So he has been spending his career, his entire career, which uh, myself 15 plus years alongside his teams to extract values out of data in various formats. So for example, deep dive, self-service platforms, uh, predictive models, uh, deep learning AI models, and across various industries, mainly in the financial services, insurance, media, and entertainment. So he did used to look after uh, data and data science team at MX Player in India. Uh, of US, uh, Indonesia Alliance uh, Public Media and Mindshare Media based in Singapore. And we're glad to have him here as a panel uh, moderator today. So he'll be introducing the three other panelists who will be joining us here today. And of course, should you have any uh, questions for any of the panelists, do feel free to drop the questions in the chat box and uh, they'll be able to take on them. So I'll hand this over to you, Ati, as you can help us introduce the rest of the panelists and I'll move forth with the discussion. Right, thanks, Pete. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. And yeah, I feel very uh, privileged to to be invited by uh, Pete right, uh, to moderate this session. Uh, and like Pete said, like the last one, but not least. So I hope you guys are st uh, still full of energy right, to stay with uh, four of us. So yeah, my name is uh, Atibat. Uh, in short, uh, people call me Ati. And yeah, I've, I've been working in uh, data data science data analytics field that was my main uh, arena right and that's how i get to have more experience uh, with other data topics right which uh right now i'm at a fintech startup called bukoro based out of uh, indonesia uh, where we are focusing on uh, fintech solutions for our merchants right and we are still a young company so i'm pretty sure that's uh stuff that we are talking today right, are going to be related to fintech as well as uh, corporates. So uh, let me introduce our panel our panelists, right? uh, Nikhil, uh, Bernard, and Andy right, for uh, a quick introductions. So perhaps start with Nikhil, please. Yeah, thanks, Pete and Abhi. Uh, hi, hi, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining in. Uh, my name is Nikhil. I am working as a senior data architect in Baroda Bank in Singapore. Um, as for my career, I have pretty 15 years of experience in, uh, in technology, uh, with 10, 30 years of experience in big data itself. Uh, yeah, today's session, I'm very excited for today's session. Uh, I think I will move to the next one, which is Bernard. Bernard, over to you. Hi, uh, everybody. My name is Bernard. Uh, so my day job is uh, a uh, director of internal audit uh, in a Singapore bank. Uh, that's where I take care of uh, IT audits and also data analytics capability within the audit department. Uh, on a voluntary basis, right, I do volunteer in with uh, a SACA Singapore chapter as a membership uh, director. Yeah. Next uh, to Andy. Yeah. Hey, hi. Thanks, my name. Um, I'm Andy. I'm based in Singapore. Um, I just stepped down from uh, crypto exchange. I was uh, the chairman of a uh, big one exchange, top top in the world. Um, 
Apart from that, I do a lot of uh, governmental advisory. So I'm I'm the uh, this uh, chief digital advisor to Mongolia, and uh, a very active investor in the in the blockchain, crypto, and Web three space. Uh, good to meet everybody. Yep. Thanks, Thanks Andy, uh, Bernard, and Nikhil. So yeah, uh, to today's topic, right? Uh, what is uh, cloud and data architecture that we should look for in 2022, right? which uh, I think I've prepared uh, a couple of questions right, alongside with panelists. But what I want to start and set a firm stage is, I think in the past uh, five to six years, right, we've seen a huge uh, flow and waves of cloud adoption in Asia Pacific, right? uh, whereby you know, big and small companies Right, have starting to ask questions around what is the benefit of cloud, right, and start to test it, adopting it uh, slowly, right, uh, but steadily. Right, and six years has passed by. Right, I want to bring in uh, three numbers, right, that we've we've been uh, seeing in the market. So the first two number right, are from Gartner. The first number right, is the revenue, right, from the traditional versus the cloud uh, front in terms of technology. Right. This should reflect well in terms of how cloud has been progressing. Right? And what we've seen is by 2025, right, that is going to be the first year uh, globally that cloud revenue is going to topple of traditional uh, systems, warehouses, infrastructure, security, and so on. Right? So, and the trend has been uh, ongoing. Right? That's number one. Number two. Right? In terms of growth in revenue from uh, cloud and traditional providers, right, cloud has always been on the upfront, right, uh, high growth. But when we look at traditional, right, since 2021, end of 2021, right, this will be the first year that traditional uh, growth in revenue uh, will be stagnant and ongoingly. Right? So what we can confirm is uh, cloud is coming in, adoption is high, it's going to be the norm, or it has already been the norm, by default. The last number I want to bring in quickly is so those that have started using uh, cloud, right? What do these they see in terms of efficiency? Do they find it useful? Do they find it more efficient? Right? And from the total respondents, we found that 68% right, has been finding it efficient. And of course, the number will be will be more as uh, the cloud space has been expanding. Right. So I think as of as where we are today, we are very clear that cloud is the way to go. Now, the next question is, how do we go into the next stage? How do we optimize them, right? What else to look out for? Right? And typically when we talk about cloud, I think infra will always come first. So my first question right, is to Nikhil, right, our senior data, data architect. What do you see as a next step in 2022 moving forward around infrastructure? What is going to come up and what we should look out for? So, thanks, Andy. Uh, this is a very excellent question from the year 2022, and we are seeing a lot of uh, cloud adoption as of today as well from different organizations, including financial services. Right? I think uh, what personally I think is beneficial as of today uh, is multi hybrid cloud architecture where instead of getting uh, onboarded to a single cloud vendor, uh, as of today, you know, there are a lot of cloud providers. I think it will be beneficial for all the organizations to opt for a strategy which includes uh, multi or hybrid cloud, right? 
have a play, we have so many clouds. If we go for multi-hybrid product architecture, the more, most important benefit is first is every cloud has their own specialty in the services or tooling they provide, right? So it's, it's more of everything to find the best in class multi-cloud providers. Second is competitive pricing. Uh, as soon as we move towards the cloud, as soon as we move towards anywhere of the cloud, right? Uh, if we have multiple options, obviously, as an organization, we get uh, benefited out uh, in terms of pricing. Uh, third, I would say is uh, uh, agility. Agility in terms of if we have uh, services available, if we have onboarded to one of the cloud, and that uh, unfortunately that's uh, cloud provider doesn't have services that, that you, you as organization need, you can always opt for another cloud vendor where the services are available. So which is one, one of the uh, most benefit of uh, opting for a hybrid cloud strategy. We can bolster our resilience, efficiency uh, of our infrastructure by opting for multiple cloud. Uh, as example, if we are using a containerization sub uh, services from one of the cloud vendor and AIML services from another cloud vendor, I think it is always beneficial to opt for the best in the market. Right? Uh, another part we get, which is a normal uh, cloud perspective, which is flexibility and scalability, which uh, most of the organization or all of the organization are looking for as a cloud. Uh, security is definitely one of the most important aspects of today. If we have, if our solutions uh, have the lower security, obviously our end, end customers consuming those services will be happy with the security in the market. And we, uh, we already know there are a lot of uh, compliance requirements or regulatory requirements from, from different regulatories, right? So if we have a compliance and security in place, that is definitely one of the most benefit part. Uh, this way, we can actually cater for the risk management because we are moving. If we are moving our data to the public cloud, obviously we have to cater for data security. So here it comes uh, risk management. I think these are the kind of benefits we uh, we opt if we get if we opt for a much more hybrid strategy. Right. Thanks, Nikhil. Uh, what about uh, Bernard and Andy? Uh, uh, what is your thoughts on? multi-cloud uh, benefits uh, or risk right or any advice uh, do you see that a company where they start moving up into cloud right uh, what can they look out for what could they be watching watching out uh, before moving into these uh, solutions right uh, I, I think for for a company uh, especially in FIs right to move into clouds uh, the, mm -hmm. the most important thing, of course, the infrastructure and architecture. But uh, on the other hand, right, uh, banks, financial institutions, they are very uh, protective of their customer information. These are the, yeah. the key the informations that is proprietary to the bank, and the the the, the consequences of uh, any data leakage is uh, can, may lead to reputational risk or penalties by the uh, regulator, maybe Singapore or or in in other countries. So the the the, the challenges of moving into cloud, right? On on uh, on on the flip side, uh, when what uh, Nikhil say, right, is the what data are, are you going to be storing in the cloud or the big process in the cloud and uh, what uh, how long are you going to store the data in the clouds are they customer informations uh, uh, are, are, are they informations that that, that uh, or data that 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 is public uh, that 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 is non-confidential so data classifications uh, needs to be carried out by the banks or the financial institutions and mm -hmm. the banks or financial institutions needs to know exactly what data confidential non-confidential data are going to be stored or processed in the cloud so this is 
quite a challenge for for financial institutions because we keep a lot of data and and traditionally right uh data are kept by different functions different products and 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 no one in 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 the whole organization right fi's uh, know what data they have so they they are very careful in terms of this and and this is one of the challenges why uh, financial institutions are being slow in adopting uh, cloud technology this is what I can see. Yeah. This, is a, this is a good good point, man. Uh, uh, but I, I just want to share. The other day, I was I was in uh, this uh, cloud, another event. You know, cloud Asia. You know, we were talking about, um, of course, uh, uh, you know, cloud storages, uh, the the pro and cons and so forth. We also touch on the the fact that uh, you know there are companies who are a little bit further down the road. They are already looking at things like uh, decentralized storage they're looking at peer-to-peer -peer, uh, technology you know of course there, there's a different school of thoughts you know people will say that oh there's a lot of uh, security issues you know there's this there's that but i think for any new adoption there's always a flip side to it you know we, when when i look at uh, decentralized storage you know right now it's just like you know everyone else like including myself who were looking at cloud six years ago right but 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 Right now, you know, if you if you talk about just uh, purely on on uh, on on cloud, uh, I, I think there are a few points that I want to share. One is I think cost optimization uh, will continue to drive the uh, cloud adoption. You know, re regardless of um, of uh, you know, maybe putting aside uh, security. You know, uh, that that's a must. You know, I think the cost optimization is one of the key driver. And then another thing that I also uh, noted was it was uh, this uh, multi cloud will will kick in and will reduce the vendor lock in, you know. So that kind of a strategy will, of course, you it, it will reduce the dependency on third party organization, and again, there's a pro and a, a con side to 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 this strategy. And then last but not least, going back to to what I've mentioned a little bit, you know, would be a, a distributed cloud will continue to support and expand services availability you know and that that will also touch on a fair bit on uh on what i've mentioned about decentralization and uh how 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 decentralization with the blockchain technology could could help with some of the the, the security issues that uh, bernard has mentioned as well you know? so i think i think right now is a good time you know to to really look at uh, key technology you know, happy to share. You know, if if there's a you know if there's a a platform to do that, man. Thanks. Yeah, I I do agree with Andy. Yeah, because uh, data security, right? No, no matter if you're on prem, you're using vendors, uh, you you're doing using clouds, the 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 data security needs to be there, and and these are fundamental of uh data security. So, maybe cloud or non cloud. This this is no way you can actually escape from protecting your customer data or confidential data. Yep. Yeah, agree with you, Bernard. All right, thanks, uh, Bernard and Andy. So as as you mentioned, uh, the cost optimization, right, uh, or cost efficiency will, will drive further on the adoption. Right. So maybe I want to pass the question back to Miku, right, from the, the architectural point of view, Right. You see any other components within cloud? Yeah. We should start considering right, any other technology on top that could improve this. Right uh, now, everyone is picking up cloud. 
going out to multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, or just single cloud, what technology uh, should we consider? Uh, that's, again, that's pretty great question, because uh, when we say cloud, we are actually talking about uh, human services available by multiple cloud providers. So I think from yeah. the architecture perspective, containerization is one of the aspects which can actually help mm -hmm. us uh, designing, architecting, and uh, doing a proper solutioning in terms of, uh, as I think Andy mentioned, and uh, uh, Bernard also mentioned about the, the, the cost the cost efficiency of going to cloud. So if mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely containerization is one of the aspects where we can actually achieve uh, uh, single layer of security as well as the agility to move to cloud. Right? So uh, mm -hmm. again, uh, for a hybrid multi-load architecture, the first thing comes to my mind is how portable is our solution, right? How portable is our application which we are planning to, or how portable our use cases are which we are planning to deploy to uh, multiple hybrid cloud. Right? So if we containerize the application, because when you containerize uh, your application, you actually make sure or, uh, it is it is, it is platform agnostic. So if I deploy on a cloud A, cloud B, or cloud C, it actually doesn't matter much for you, right? So what is, what is the one uh, thing that I actually achieve as a part of architecture, which is portability. Agility is another part because as of today, if, if I go to cloud, I don't have to worry about procuring the infrastructure, which which usually happen when we are actually working on premise, right? So I, as a developer, maybe I have to wait for a couple of days to understand when I can get my uh, my infrastructure ready, right? So the quick experimentation, quick POCs, actually cloud actually gives us that that platform where we can actually achieve the agility and efficiency from that aspect. Same thing, uh, it can actually uh, further around uh, enhance the growth or faster delivery aspect of it as well. Where because we are living in a world which is so-called agile as of today, right? And agility is one of the aspects to to bring the organization to a next front, right? So I would say uh, portability, efficiency, agility is definitely one of the aspects, right? Um, easier management because we are living in a uh, multi-habit cloud world. So if I want to manage my application deployments, I can actually manage from one front uh, without worrying about whether it is going to a cloud A, cloud B, cloud C. So definitely uh, the flexibility is definitely one of the aspects. Right. Yep. Thanks, you. Yep. Anyone wants to add on on the uh, technology uh, part of it? Yeah, but I, I think from an internal audit point of view, right, <laughs> the tech, the cloud technology, and and what Daniel mm -hmm. mentioned about container, thick containers, right, is very very new to 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 internal audit, mm -hmm. and it's also mm -hmm. uh, dif difficult for us to 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 as internal auditors to in, uh, audit uh, <laughs> such a <laughs> technology uh, so 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 it, it it it's there's a lot of uh, I, I think that there needs to be a lot of communication and awareness between the, the internal audit departments and, and and the technology folks because what what they are doing is very fast paced you're you're, you're mm -hmm. building containers you're bring, building microservices day in day out and internal audit we are the third line uh, we are the last who, who to know what what actually happens so so yeah. without knowing what's going on with the technology folks when, when we come in like every year every two years to audit the technology folks right you, you we will get lost and and the technology folks will get very frustrated because the technology changes and and internal audit we, we look still look at what we did, we did in the past which is outdated so so there's a lot of communications and and understanding awareness needs needs to be uh built and and of course the re relationship between uh internal audits and and infrastructure as technology folks right is very important yeah okay and I, 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 I want to add on maybe it's just some um, you know from a more uh 
productivity and efficiency point of view, I think we should look at things like uh, democratize uh, advanced uh, technology. Uh, this will allow your employees, for example, to work effectively, efficiently within their current knowledge. And with this uh, innovative technology, you know, the, the, of course, there's a learning curve that the developers need to go through to make the most of this technology. But if you allow the uh, cloud provider to do the work to learn and build the innovative technology uh, on top of it, you know, this this leaves the developer, uh, you know, uh, able to do their best, you know, and, and produce the best. I think from an efficiency point of view, I think that would that would be that would be good. You know, uh, Nikhil also mentioned about uh, uh, about about this, uh, you know, sharing of workload and how you deploy the workload, you know, for the for the servers. You know, if you if you are going to go global in minutes, you know, so deploying your workload into different regions and so forth become very important. You know, we want to avoid lat latency issues. We want better performance. You know, and then and then. You know, all these things add up to to how how people will want to adopt uh, a infrastructure like that. You know, but then I I look at what Bernard has mentioned about internal audit and 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 the their their the take on on technology. You know, I, I think it's a very different side of uh, uh things that we are looking at. You know, we 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 as in you know from from my my standpoint, you know, from from working on the on the uh decentralized and distributed platforms and so forth. We also have internal audit who came who come and tell us, you know, how are we going to audit this this thing, man? Everybody holds a certain data. How are you going to how are you going to audit this? You know, but but, but my simple answer to them is actually a lot of these data are already on chain. You know, uh, like like what the, the, the cloud guys is going to say is it's all on premises. But this on premises uh, uh, outcome is everybody is holding on to a certain uh, part of the data, you know. So, so when when auditor comes in and say, you know, what if they they change the data, you know, on 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 their side? I say that's not possible because if you you need to change a few thousand or maybe a few hundred thousand uh, uh, data sets in order to achieve what you want, and that's that's too much to do, you know. So I I, I still think that you know we should take step by step, you know, we just take what the technology can bring us, and then if we can follow the technology. And 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 put our value add onto onto this uh, this this technology, whether it's going to be cloud or or whatever kind of storage in future. You know, all we need to do is we just apply our you know our our general knowledge. You know, if you are audit, you know you you audit what you're supposed to audit. You know, then they will not give you a headache because my my experience is the auditor or maybe the, even the finance people and the technology guys they are they all can't talk the same like bingo man. So. So I think that is a problem, but I, I think it's a problem that we can solve, you know, yeah. Thanks, Andy, for, for, for this great input. And yeah, I think uh, you mentioned about the democratization. Uh, let, let me pick it up and hold it for uh, the next uh, few topics. Yeah. So uh, the other part I, I still want to cover in the infra side of things, right? Uh, Andy, you mentioned about uh, blockchain, right? So. I think blockchain is still, I would say, less widely adopted right, as compared to typical cloud, even hybrid, hybrid multi-cloud. Right. So uh, what do you see as an opportunity uh, moving forward when we talk about applying or implementing blockchain into the infra uh, in the cloud? Wow, I, I think, um, I think um... Every every component got to work together, right? So if it's mm -hmm. just 
you know, a lot of these uh, uh, blockchain solutions, they are also hosted on cloud. Certain part of mm-hmm. their data sets are, are, are on, on cloud. You know, certain mm-hmm. part, of course, uh, some people claim that it's decentralized, right? So, but but the, but I think that the point is this, you know, I, I, I think I look at more of the technology and what mm-hmm. it can do uh, more than how fast can it be adopted. Because if you, if you imagine today, people are still talking about cloud and they say they don't know about cloud. Then if you talk about another thing about decentralized uh, 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 storage and so forth, they will say they will swear at you, you know, to, to be honest. So yeah. I, I think I think that the key thing is this. I always use this as an example. Let's say you you build you build a a fully automated uh, uh, a platform, fully automated like Industry Four Point Zero uh, with high tech machinery and so forth. You know, certain set of this data. Uh, are definitely stored on 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 centralized storage, you know, and then some part of it are also stored on decentralized storage. It really depends on the 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 kind of uh, 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 data sets that you are you are trying to hold. What I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is, um, you know, bef- all the sensitive and and, and uh, sensitive part, the 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 those that need more security and some needs more verification, that that can be done by the blockchain technology. So that layer itself mm. will, will add onto the 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 whole system of automation, right? So in the past, you know, automation is just automation, right? So now you have another added layer where you can do verification. You know, you can do you can store some really sensitive data onto the chain, you know, and it's it, it can be locked there forever. You know, no single supervisor, you know, on 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 site can change anything. So I think I think the usage of it will will match very well with the, the existing infrastructure. You know, it can also be an additional layer onto IoT devices, for example. You know, again, it just it just how you're gonna store your, your data. I, I think that is how uh, a blockchain can can help come in to help in terms of security, in terms of uh, traceability, you know, in terms of working together with existing platform to provide an additional security layer, you know. So, so we we had we had talks with uh, with uh, folks from MIT, for example. They say, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, we don't need blockchain. They say, I, I think you don't need to, man. But the, the the point is, if you have it, you have additional layer for you to to crack, additional layer of things for you to manage. And last but not least, I want to mention this. You know, I think Nikhil also mentioned some something along uh, uh, this line. I think whenever we have any form of human interaction. Or human intervention, there's always a certain uh, element of uh, well fraud, you know, or, or, or redundancy, or, or or some additional things to 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 mess things up. You know? So, with the blockchain technology and with a certain level of automation, the variables that are there can actually help you to make a better decision, you know, and help you to reduce the error or reduce the amount number of fraud. That 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 potentially can come out from the system, you know. So I, I think I think that's the role, man. I don't want to speak too much, you know, but I I, I think that 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 says a lot, man. Mm. The 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 chain technology, right? Uh, as compared to five years, six years ago, has matured, and and the industry has has, has actually uh, understand more about the, the the technology, the usage, and in and what benefits it, it can bring. So, so my, my take is uh, even FIs now are using 
blockchain for for trade finance for payments. So 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 it proved that the the technology works, but uh, ultimately, uh, of course, when when you talk about financial crimes, right? Uh, even structured products like like uh finance or payments it, it, it can it, it can uh, have criminal uh, 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 criminal uh, bad guys trying trying to to to, to fight the or, or game the 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 the, uh, the products but uh, with the the understanding of blockchain uh, and as compared to five years now uh, even government and, and financial institutions in Singapore right, we, we are adopting this technology yeah so, so it, it tells how much the, 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 the trust and also the, the foreseeable futures uh, chain is, is going to be part of the, the life cycle of financial products. Thanks. Uh, I, I, I want to add quickly. Add, yeah, I just want to quickly add something. Sorry, I, I, I think it, it just helped to reduce the point of weaknesses, right? So, so that's the reason why banks are, are, are looking at it from a different point of view as compared to when I first started in 201, one seven, uh, one six one seven. Uh, they 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 look at me as if I'm talking rubbish, you know. And then when I started to uh, switch from being an entrepreneur to a to a advisor to government, the government also look at me in a very alien alien manner, you know. But but right now, you know, Bernard, you're right, man. They are all more receptive. Sorry, uh, Nikhil. Sorry. No, I'm just I was just putting to the point that blockchain as a technology itself, I, I think it's amazing. It just uh, you also mentioned Andy, and even Ethi uh, also mentioned the same thing. It will take some time for people to adopt that that new technology, but that's that's a kind of cycle evolution cycle we have seen before as well. When public cloud came in picture, people were so not receptive of it, and definitely now we are actually talking about public cloud deployments and how public cloud can be beneficial. And the same thing goes for blockchain technology as well, because I can think of multiple use cases for cloud itself where it will be very much beneficial, especially for FIs. I'm not talking about the other organizations which are already ready. Uh, to go to blockchain, but especially for FIs, I think it will be. There are a lot of use cases in terms of when uh, the multiple bank collaborate together. The blockchain is a kind of decentralized platform for them to collaborate together and reduce a lot of coin uh, like uh, tasks yeah. that happens at daily basis. Right? So I think yeah, block from that aspect, blockchain is definitely uh, something we are looking forward for maybe in a year or two. Sounds like the evolution is is coming soon with help of uh, cloud. Body cloud, hybrid cloud, yeah, containerization. Cool, cool, yep. Uh, very fruit, uh, fruitful and interesting points. Uh, uh, Bernard, you want to add something? No, no. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool, so uh, we've crossed 30 minutes. So what I want to bring uh, us to the next topic, right, is on analytics or the usage side of it, right? We talk about cloud, uh, there's been some usage. Uh, People already start using certain tools in place, right? Maybe in the cloud itself by the provider. Some may still pull the data out, right? Extract, do it uh, on their laptops, but that's fine, right? We start to see, you know, more insights in a lesser time, right? We gain some efficiency, we gain some optim uh, cost optimization. Right? Uh, what else do you see that with changes on multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, containerization? Those efficiency that we can improve in infra, how would it how would it change uh, or, or move analytics or insights layer uh, forward, right? Faster or better quality of insights? Uh, 
anyone want to pick this up? Um, no one is going to say I'm going to. I, I can add on. I think I think for cloud analytics, um, it's, it's often very much associated with uh, AI, artificial intelligence, uh, mm -hmm. machine learning, uh, and uh, deep learning. So I think these are these are some of the uh, maybe some of the keywords you know that 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 we often uh, uh, look at it, and it's yeah. it's also very commonly used in the industry. You know, yeah. um, you know, we can see applications on uh, on uh, scientific researches, uh, genomics, mm -hmm. all the way to oil and gas, and into e-commerce as well. You know, so yeah. so this this kind of this kind of uh, data analytics um, uh, helps to improve the organization performance, and also try to drive a new set of value. You know, from mm -hmm. from this. So so maybe I'd say a little bit more. Yeah? So by by leveraging on AI and some other uh, analytics uh, approaches, organizations of all sizes uh, can come in quickly to make data-driven decisions mm -hmm. to gain uh, efficiencies in their products and in their services, right? The, the, you know, the, the cloud you know, is a, is a dis dispensable, I think, mm -hmm. platform that enables quick experimentation of ideas through proofs, you know, uh, through proof of uh, uh, concepts uh, to, to provide uh, a very good uh, learning and training model, you know. So machine learning will then kick in, artificial intelligence will kick in. You know, now, mm -hmm. now, now, now. I think the example is this. You know, in the past, when we look at uh, you know big data alone, right? Yeah. Some or or, or 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 some when you dissect the data, you you might not get the right kind of uh, demographics that you want or right kind of things that you want. I give example, real example. My friend yeah. uh, is. Uh, He's a long-time customer of a very big salon chain in Singapore, and then, uh, and and uh, as time goes by, he he dropped most of his hair. Yeah, so so there's no need to to go there, and uh, they they know about it, you know, because he's going through the hair treatment and things like that. But but because of yeah. this non-analytical data, you know, they just sent out mailers anyhow. He actually invited him to give him like a like a haircut voucher. You know, for 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 my friend, so my friend become very upset. You know, but but again, all these very small analytics can actually be be reproduced and put onto the system to allow people to have better driven results. You know, it's just like he's a customer. He, for example, his hair is dropping. You should push some, you know, hair loss products and things like that, right? So 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 I think. Uh, I think industrial like this, you know, they should really start to look at things on 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 a different level. You know, they may not adopt AI, for example, but they also may not have some really, you know, kick-ass uh, machine learning uh, backend. But this kind of uh, variable and this kind of, of straightforward analytics should be there, right? And then and then that that is a more manual example, you know. But but if you look at AI again, AI is increasingly being used in multiple industry verticals to support. Uh, important business needs, and uh, and again, like I mentioned, in terms of automation, businesses uh, provide uh, connective insights through data uh, analysis. You know, interacting with customer, you know, with the with a natural language of processing. You know, all these things got to be there. Well, you know, like like the DL, for example, you know, will be the next level of of ML, which is machine learning. Yep. It will become more effective at learning. Of from huge volume of data, you know, to mimic the the human brain, you know, all these things will add together, and and again, you know, 
everything is just to me it's just part of the cloud analytics right and 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 this kind of uh, infrastructure is a must you know for 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 new companies and and good companies that are trying to try uh, trying to, to 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 drive their business to the next level yeah thanks right right so trying to uh get down to a deeper uh, detail and capture and improve experience of, of users yeah, and, and relevance to adoption of product or services. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So, so, so I think, uh, I think with the move, moving of clouds, your applications, right? Mm -hmm. There's sort of a lot of data, even with uh, mm -hmm. uh, software as a service, right? Uh, you, you have uh, applications, they give you data, they give you reports. E eventually, right, uh, how you use the report, like Andy say, right? You, you, you are balling, but they give you a haircut <laughs> voucher. Th th these are all, uh, of course, there's, there's, there's certain kind of learning, but uh, at, at this moment, right? I see that the 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 data is is or or, or the 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 data anal uh data analysis right or or, or those data scientists are, are overwhelmed with the data or even a, 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 a for for the likes of uh, let's say uh banks right the 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 let's say data analytics person or the front office uh, running marketing right they are overwhelmed with the data how do i use the data uh in what forms do i do i dissect the data they they are they are overwhelmed and 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 this this are how can we resolve it is is to more to to train the staff train the the the, the employees train the person who actually analyze the data what is our objective and and what what how do we actually go on a bite size rather than bike a, bike a big chunk of the data and and do not know what is the end result if for example if you are targeting let's say uh customers who are let's say between 20 to 35 uh with with let's say credit card uh, or, or annual salary of let's say 200,000 this start building small use case uh with the data then increase the complexity as you get more familiar with the data sets you, you have on hand so a, a, a lot of uh, companies, uh, uh, SMEs, a big organization, they start with a big bang with data. They want to, they want to jump on the bandwagon of a uh, big data doing AL, ML, DL. Yeah, but eventually they do not understand what data sets they have and and how what is that what are their use cases. Eventually, it's just a white elephant, a big data warehouse that that nobody use, and fall back to let's say reports that are churned out by. The, the 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 applications and do manual crunching yeah so so just to uh, reiterate right the, the the people who actually use the data needs to be trained and and always start small in the agile phase right great input product yep. uh totally agree from from the uh people who who, who manage those projects uh, standpoint so. Uh, the other question around analytics right, is, uh, and this is where I want to start marrying, uh, Andy, to, to what you mentioned about uh, blockchain, right? and you, you've run crypto uh, before, uh, what are the use case around crypto space right, or blockchain that we could start using this predictive analytics right, on, on cloud? I think um, there are many different uh, ways to uh, uh, put analytics onto 
onto uh, uh, blockchain and crypto businesses. I, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's not rocket science, right? So I, I, mm -hmm. I used to be a, uh, part of the uh, exchange, you know, part of a, a crypto mm -hmm. exchange. So mm -hmm. I know that, uh, you know, the bigger exchanges in, in the world right now, they are coping with a lot of uh, customer service problems, right? They hire men count, but they, they just couldn't manage the kind of uh, crazy questions that the retail investors are, are pushed, are putting to them, right? So right. If, if there's a way to really look at how to reduce the workload of the front, frontliners, I think analytics can play a very big part, right? You know, not just those uh, chatbots or those... Uh, 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 this uh, uh, Q and A's and things like that. I think many people are, are very reluctant to read those. But if you have a you if you have a way to learn about your customer, how they put in the clicks, you know how they put in their trades, you know how what kind of questions they are usually going to ask and things like that. You you can float those questions to them, you know, instead of uh, floating what to buy, you know, or oh, you got to buy BTC today, you know. Instead of putting those to them, you should float things that you learn from from their behavior, you know, and then and then use the analytics to help them uh, 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 understand what they should do next when when they meet a problem. For example, you know, uh, you give the analytics to them. Uh, maybe maybe uh, US dollar drop five uh, percent. It's just no fun. Just example, yeah, drop five percent. You know, this this kind of information they they, they might not know, right? You know, they might not get the first 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 hand information and you know that he's always using US dollar to, to, to make the purchase. So so things like that should actually kick in and help them to make a more informed decision. And from there you reduce the workload of all your front guys and then it's gonna be a win win for everybody. And the analytics should not only be looking at from the exchange standpoint, from the exchange owner standpoint. You should also allow the customer to to make use of the analytics, you know, for themselves, you know, it, it could be, you know, I, I know in some of these traditional tra uh, trading platforms and so forth, you know, they, they have such a function where they aggregate every, everybody's uh, 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 maybe trading uh, nature and so forth, you know, not, not, not much like a copy trading, but, you know, they, they analyze and tell people, oh, uh, so many people think that, you know, you should buy this, you know, so people, so many people think that they should, they, they, they know this is going to break down, you know, something like that. You know, I don't yeah. want to go into details, but but I think those are also part of analytics where I think uh, 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 it can be better used in crypto uh, exchanges as compared to banks because banks are very much, you know, very much regulated, very, very regulated. A lot of these things mm -hmm. they can't say, you know, but then in the crypto space where it is not superly regulated in that, in that sense, you know, you should, they should try to, to to find a way to 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 make this into a good use case, right? For the for the for the exchanges. I think this is one of the many 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 use cases that that we that, that I can think of. You know, other than that, of course, you can use it on uh, on uh, on this uh, uh, payments as well. You know, so right. there's a lot of things that can be done. Man. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with Andy. Andy has mentioned about behavioral analytics and then trained analytics as well. So if, if if these exchanges start looking at the behavior or the pattern of their own investors or, or end customers and actually project 
the analytics, which is more helpful for them in, instead of sending a trained setters, as you mentioned, which happens generally in the stock market and the trade area. So I think there are a lot of analytics. If you try to convert the behavioral analytics, compare it with market and make it more prescriptive in nature, I think it will be helpful for the end users. And uh, there should be analytics being used for, for blockchain market or crypto market as well, where uh, uh, they get information on what is happening in the market compared to what they do, what is their risk appetite, and they should predict, okay, what is that? If the risk appetite is this, people can actually do in six months, in three years, or the strained analytics over the years so that people actually can view and take risk accordingly because there's definitely a risk in, in all these markets. But but if people understand the right. risk and if people understand the pattern of the uh, or, uh, of the investments, I think those kind of analytics would be very, very much beneficial. And blockchain is one of the best thing to, to have uh, those kind of analytics in place. Totally Thanks, agree. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Andy and Nikhil for the input. So what I want to move next, right, which is the last topic, uh, is to pick up on the democratization. So Andy, you mentioned about you know, democratization, right, which perhaps it could be things around self-service, opening up for users to, to use, right? So uh, my first question is, who should be the, the user in scope for these democratization, right? Uh, for the whole stack of, you know, be it infra, be it uh, insights, uh, user level? I think data democratization is, a, is, is, mm -hmm. a, is an ongoing process, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it should enable everybody in the organization, you know, mm -hmm. irrespectively whether they are a, a technical staff or they are not a technical staff, you know, mm -hmm. they should be able to to work with the data in the most comfortable manner, you know, mm -hmm. feel confident talking about it, and mm -hmm. as a result, make data informed decision to build customer experiences, you know, using the data. So, so I I think if you look at it from a from a, again the exchange example, I think I think it, it works both ways. Yeah. You know, not only for the internal organization, it also helps to empower the external customer. Right. This is this is how I look at it. You know. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Uh, anyone else wanna wanna set the scope of the democratization? Yeah, I, I think uh, data democratization, uh, democratization right, uh, is is a is is an upcoming trend now. Yeah, because mm -hmm. uh, we with the distributed uh, data that 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 is that's floating around made uh, in on on all the mm -hmm. uh, applications that that the uh, a company has, right? Yeah, it, it it is not feasible anymore to to for 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 someone to hold hold the data. Yeah, you you need to distribute it to 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 the information across uh, all the departments or the uh, users. So so it 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 is an upcoming trend. Uh, there is not a a uh, how how should I say? There's no proper guidelines or guidance from from industry or or, or from regulators. So so this is a space to to watch at at this moment. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree, Bernard and Andy. Uh, data democratization uh, should be something which uh, which is more of a self-service analytics, where all all the 
all the end users of any any organization that they should be able to access the data in a way they are supposed to basically if they are authorized to see the data they should be immediately able to see the data right because the, the novel challenge I, I understand from the industry also and what i have seen from my experience data acquisition is something which can happen pretty fast with the technology available but we always end up in getting approvals for data access for the end users yeah. so I, I think i think the, the platform should be uh, good enough for 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 the end users as soon as the data is uh, available uh, to consume it should uh, end users should be able to consume the data Irrespective of, uh, because if they are still waiting for approvals, the data is already because data has a shelf life, right? So if the data by that time the shelf life of data is expired, if I get the access to the data, it, it is of no use. So data democratization uh, is something which which gives us that authority or uh, ability actually to expose the data to wider audience. Thanks, Bernard. Thank you. Uh, then if we are we are going to start in this field, right? And then things are still not clear, right? I guess from the architecture standpoint, right? uh, specifically uh, data architecture, right? Uh, there could be a bit of gap as well because how we prepare the data for particular users in the past, right? Now the user has changed, like the risk of users has changed. Uh, you mentioned things like data access, right? Which is from new users start accessing. Uh, Nikhil, do you see uh, the, any components right, in the data architecture uh, should be reflective right, to change, to cater the new kind of usage model? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Data security and privacy is something which actually uh, give leverage uh, for us to open mm -hmm. the data uh, for the wider audience. So if we think the data is secured in the storage layer itself or the data is secured in the uh, and it can be exposed to the end users. So it's say I have a different variety of users. We have data science, data analytics, or business users, or or because we know right there are local regulations. If we have a regional data, uh, maybe uh, people are only allowed to view a particular entry of data, right? So if we have a proper data security in place with data privacy governance in place, I think it will be easy for us to have a data demonstration that we view as a region. I think I think uh, to add on to Nikhil, right? Two 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 things we need to take note. One is the data governance, and and we need to explain the concept of data governance to to non-technical employees, yeah, because eventually they're gonna be a self-serve kind of a uh, model, right? So so they they need to understand what what uh what data uh governance is and the the data classifications and what can or cannot be you can or cannot do with the data and secondly with with the democratization right duplication of data is 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 is, is one of the challenges because everyone has data uh, you can duplicate it into multiple application systems departments everyone have can have a copy of data so so these these are the two two challenges the uh, uh that 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 uh, the, the, the uh, companies practicing uh, data democratization right are, are facing at this moment and and it it, it is not it, it is not something that is uh, uh, cannot be solved it's more of like what I can say right to educate uh, the, 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 the the people the, the, the staff the employees uh, who actually or if the development team to to how how to use or self-serve with the data. I also want to add on a quick one. I think although there's no uh, 
regulations around uh, uh, what we are talking about right now. But I think there are there are many uh, best practices that are practiced, you know, in, in on a global level. So I I'm not so worried about uh, misusage of data or, or or duplication of data. Uh, in fact, I think the access level and how the data is being distributed plays a very big part. You know, it's not is you know you know data democratization does not mean that it's a buffet. You know, everybody can just go and take whatever they want, right? There's still access. There's still data governance and again you know um in order to make this work you know the additional layer of uh, security for example using the blockchain technology or, or using uh, uh uh maybe a distributed technology on top of the, the the data sets would actually would actually help so no no one single point of 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 uh, uh, authority can hold all kinds of data you know, so I think it's a it's a very long conversation you know, that we yeah. that we can we can have and and again I, I just want to bring out that uh, you know the best practices that are that are adopted around the world are, are actually uh, fa- fairly fairly okay man in my in my opinion you know especially for those uh, companies with that are big and with very big data sets I think they have a very good uh, best practice uh, governance and compliance model yeah right. Thanks, Andy, uh, Nikhil, and Bernard for, for these inputs. Yep, I think uh, very fruitful on the democratization part. And I think it's the uh, arena that we start to have best practices, but uh, there's still a long way to go. So I think we should be uh, watching out this space uh, ongoingly as well. Right? On top of multi-cloud, hybrid cloud, right? blockchain, how do we bring in containerization? How do we rethink of analytics? Right, to cater more in-depth right, and relevant uh, experience right, to the product or services we are offering. Right? Maybe with high efficiency, right, with a faster touch point uh, and speed as well. Right? So I uh, just want to say thank you very much for, for sharing right, in this 50 minutes, uh, Bernard, Nikhil, and Andy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Now, uh, going into the Q&A, right, we received one Q&A uh, from uh, Haikal. Uh, sorry if, if, if I pronounced wrongly. Yeah, But the question is this, for FI institutions, right, regulators may require local cloud only. Does that mean hosts like AWS, Azure, have to open a data center in every country? Uh, I can yep. take this up. Yep. <laughs> so basically, this this concept is about data sovereignty. So data sovereignty it says that uh, every country has its own regulation for their own data uh, as part of PDP and GDPR. Right. So uh, I th- I think I I I would say yes. Uh, as of today, cloud provider have their own availability zone and regions available in the local country, and uh, uh, for to follow the. The, the regulations of the local country definitely has the way to go. Yeah, to, to, to add on, right, this 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 is not an issue because with major cloud players like AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, right, they already know what the country regulation is, in-country regulation. So they have already solutions for you uh, to adopt 
cloud uh, for 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 specific countries. Uh, we know that in ASEAN there are certain countries where data cannot be uh, parked or, or stored outside the countries. Again, your OSP, your cloud service provider already know this these uh, regulations and they already have a, a, a solutions for that because they are also talking to the regulators. So to, to, to me, this is not an issue. And, and once uh, once a new regulations or, or changes to the regulations, the cloud service provider are the first one to react. Hi, I think it's, uh, it's well covered. Thanks for that and, and the kill. Mm -hmm. yep. Any other question? Yep. In three, two, one. If not, and yep. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for all the delegates for joining, uh, be it for organizing this, and yep, again our panelists, right, for sharing your thoughts, your experience uh, on how do we look forward into 2022 and the future around cloud analytics, democratization. Yep. Uh, passing back to to be please. Uh, thank you very much for the highly informative panel discussion on cloud data architecture and of course a whole lot more which was discussed during the discussion uh thank you for joining us once again uh nikhil and andy of course Etra, for moderating the session as well we're glad to have had all of you present at the event today and of course definitely look forward to uh future collaborations and perhaps having you more in our future uh events so thanks everybody Bye. thank and you to the rest of the audience so this does <clears throat> thank you so that's the audience. This does conclude the Global Cloud Native and Open Source uh, Summit of 2022. So for sure, uh, the legacy have learned so many things over the past uh, two days. It has been a pleasure to have all of you attend this event here today. And we do have plenty more events that are upcoming. So we'll Sorry, my apologies on that. So I was, as I mentioned, we do have plenty more events upcoming. So do uh, join us. We'll definitely be keeping you updated on those. And one of those I'm talking about is the second global next generation, <clears throat> sorry, software engineering conference. And alongside that, we do have the CyberSec Asia webinar series as well that are ongoing. So do join us uh, for the next episode, which is actually taking place on July 28. Uh, so do feel free to reach out to me for more details. Uh, do feel free to, um, reach out to anybody else from the SCOM team as well. And I forgot to mention as well, would you like to ask any of any other questions any of the speakers who had um, spoken today in the panel discussion and the solo sessions, do feel free to, of course, to message them as well and reach out to them. And you may also connect them through LinkedIn. Few things to share before I do close this session. So the platform will remain open for a while longer. So you might may take this time to visit the boots of all the companies involved. Uh, in this event. So they do have plenty of offers and uh, giveaways, as I have been mentioning throughout. Uh, that's located in their boots. And as I mentioned, you can definitely check them out and uh, speak to some of their experts that are there in the booth as well. 
Uh, if you had missed any of the sessions earlier today, you may watch the replays uh, of all the sessions as well. And I do invite you all, including the speakers, to join the Slack community for updates. And of course, to keep in touch with one another. And there in the Slack community as well, you can find the links of all the recordings of the past sessions that took place today. So you may join the link in the chat box. Uh, so that and it posted a while ago. So you may join it on there. Uh, you may join it as well through the reception uh, page of this platform. With that, I uh, hope you all had a great attendance at our event and definitely keep in touch for our future events. So I hope you all have a great morning, evening, night, wherever you may be joining from. And we'll be seeing you very soon. Thanks and goodbye.